cold and welcome back to the every second counts podcast with tom and matt how are you good and you i'm doing outstanding thank you for asking how was your week so far hot Hot. it's running about 104 here in texas all i know is it's been doing nothing but raining and i'm about over it it, it was nothing but dry. We haven't had rain time. in probably three months. Everything is dead. Everything. That's rough. <laughs> That's rough. Yep. Hey, but, but the plus is I don't have to mow. That, you see, that is the plus. But we get that sporadic rain where it just floods. And then it, then it just, over you know over two days, it's like knee high. <laughs> so, Matt. Today we have on the yeah, show. Way I'm gonna I'm I'm bring him on right now, Mr. Derek Thompson. What's up, guys? How are you? What's up? What's up, brother? Welcome to the Every Second Counts podcast. I am so glad I was finally able to get you on. It's been a little. I'm, bit. I'm excited to be here, man. I had to go grab my Sitrep 22 hat and my, uh, you know, I had to I'd rep that while I was here. The old vintage. It is <laughs> sitting there. I'm rocking the old stuff. You know what I mean. Hey, hey, it's good to have something vintage, right? Yeah, you got it. It's it's all about being on that original bus when it comes out. There you <laughs> So let me ask you this. In the bio that I put out, you're doing multiple different things. Obviously, you just, came, you just came back from work. Yep. You're, you're a DJ for the Gunroom Radio. Yes, sir. You have your own podcast. Yes, sir. And you write and sing your own songs. Yes, sir. That is pretty much it. Uh, for the most part, uh, you know, anything else is just extra stuff for people out there that, you know, ask. No, I get it, man. And you know what? And, and maybe Matt, you might know a little bit about this too, but when, when you deal with things, it's just more... screwing... hmm? what's up, Matt? I said, y'all screen locking up or are y'all good? We're good. We're said, good. Y'all screen just, locking up. Mine's locking and going in and out. It seems okay. like you, you're you uh, just in, you know, the boonies right I'll, now. I'll bear with it. <laughs> <laughs> but but to get back to Derek, what you were saying, um, it's easy when you go through things you and you come out of it. It's easy now. We could just stack things and, and stay busy and keep moving. Oh, absolutely. And and it and it contends with, with any kind of thoughts or or any kind of inside mindset I think you could have. Yeah, I think a lot of it is just trying to keep my mind off of going to, you know, bad places. So it's mm-hmm. like, what's the next thing I can do? What's another thing I can do? How can I keep my mind going so it doesn't go back to a shithole, frankly? You know what I mean? Yeah, it makes perfect sense. So let's go back to it. You are a veteran of the United States Marine Corps. Yes, sir. 
Tell, tell me a little be. bit about that. Just tell me a little bit about that, about your Marine Corps career. Obviously, you're already here with us. Matt, he's from Nebraska. We could just move on. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, <laughs> no, man. It was, uh, you know, it's pretty quick. Four years did my thing. I was aviation ordnance, so I wasn't, you know, out there being like a killer or nothing, you know. But uh, ended up deploying to Afghanistan twice. Was stationed in 29 Paul or not. It seemed like I was stationed in 29 Palms for a lot of it because I got in trouble a lot. So I was stationed at Camp Pendleton and then I spent probably, I went to 29 Palms probably every six months the whole time I was there for, you know, an extended vacation and uh, ended up going to Afghanistan twice, did two tours over there or whatever you want to call it, you know, mm -hmm. uh, but first tour, I was a Lance Corporal. And, you know, I get fapped out to security forces, did my security forces thing, um, met a lot of different people, which was good. You know, yeah, I finally got that perspective in life because, you know, I'm, I am. I'm from small town, Nebraska, dude. Like, mm -hmm. what did I know about other culture? So, so explain that a little bit for people that don't know when you get fapped out and what that means and when when you go work with and get fapped out to security. Yeah, cases. absolutely. So I was aviation ordinance. So that was supposed to be my job, right? Like I'm supposed to actually be doing like building bombs, working on crew serve guns, delivering munitions, stuff like that, uh, working on helicopters and everything like that. So when they fap you out, it's basically them saying, we're going to send you to a different unit. We're going to send you with somebody else. So I actually ended up with third lab, uh, low altitude air defense. And I'm pretty sure low altitude air defense isn't even a thing anymore. Uh, I think they got rid of it because they were like, uh, this is pointless. And uh, anyway, I got sent with them to do security forces. While I'm on security forces, I'm sitting there and, you know, I'm working with Bahrainians, third world, you know, nationals, mm -hmm. like the locals and what have you in, in the area. And we were, you know, down in the Kandahar province. Okay. So, you know, working with all those people, I learned a lot about like the Muslim religion. I also learned that people are pieces of crap. Absolutely. You know, <laughs> like I sat there and I was just like, Oh, Hey, they got, they got those people too. That's pretty cool. You know? Like, it was more more like being a liaison per se between the Marine Corps and yeah, I was around. well, I was on I was on post for mm -hmm. you know like twelve hours with a uh, or eight or eight or twelve hours depending on the day with a Bahrainian, mm -hmm. and uh, they're, they're you know they're cool people. I had one time when the guy come up came up on the post my Bahrainian. I'll just say his name, Abdullah Aziz. Guy was cool as shit. Sits there, he goes, my rifle, it doesn't work. And I was like, okay, why? He said, I was taking a shower with it. He took the firing pin out of his bolt to clean it. Forgot to put the firing pin back in his rifle. <laughs> <laughs> and I sat there and I was just like, so what you're telling me right now? So something happens. You're useless. And he just kind of looked at me and he shook his head. And he was like, yes, <laughs> yes. 
but that guy was super cool. He let me use his cell phone. He was he was awesome, dude. So what kind of what kind of type model series did you work with? What's that? Type model series for like helicopter? Did you? Go oh, I was on. Uh, yeah, I was on the Cobra, and then you know the uh, age ones and whatnot. So. And, oh, so you guys were really busy as an ordinance working with Yeah, we stayed busy as hell, dude. And then, because, yeah, I worked on the turret system, the M197 uh, gun turret. Mm-hmm. So I, I'd spend a lot of time like AVI and shit like that. The second tour, I was over as a corporal, and I was pretty well in charge of gun shop most of the time I was there. And, uh, yeah, I worked with AVI a lot. I'd be out in the field a lot. At one point, I was the only... CDI collateral duty inspector mm-hmm. in the country at that particular time. So oh, it was yeah, like, okay. okay, well, this is fun. You're going to sit there and go out and you're on 24 hour call. So have fun. And I was just like, woohoo. Absolutely. And it, and for those listening, that's a huge uh, responsibility because they're the, they're, they're the ones that QC basically before QC checks it out. Yeah. Making sure things are done in a proper manner. Yeah, we're the ones that are putting this final stamp on it, you know. And and I think I took a lot of pride in my work, so it was usually like me doing it anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I, we <laughs> we had a sergeant; she wasn't very happy with me being in charge because I had my turret. You know, <laughs> my actual gunshot CDI. She, she wasn't very happy with me. So that that must have been pretty cool. Um, in, in a sense, because if you were in Kandahar, I was in Kandahar, but I was in Kandahar in 03, 04. And so when you were there, you guys were running pretty hot. Things were going, man. They are popping while we were there. When Marja, Marja mm-hmm. happened the first time I was there. Uh, so we got pretty loaded up for that. Most of the guys got to go to FOBs, Ford Operating Bases, unfortunately, mm-hmm. because I, of my luck, I didn't get to. But uh, most of those guys took a lot of incoming fire. I've gotten got a lot of fun stories from them guys about going out to FOBs. Uh, me personally, you know, I just got sent out to a third LAD. But, you know, it was, it was a good time. Like, we took a lot of incoming rounds. We took a lot of indirect fire. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, like, I don't know. Sometimes I felt like I was kind of the, like I was always the one that was just too stupid to be there. Like I shouldn't be there. Like we yeah, we thought in the storm. It was like we got our bus got shot at, and like everyone ducks and they're laying on the floor of this bus, and he's got his pistol out, and I was like, I just sat there, I looked around. They were like, what the fuck are you doing? They were like, get your head down. I was like, well, I got to see what's shooting at us. <laughs> uh, you know, it was just like, I was too stupid to be there. It was, I kind of just checked out. It was great. I don't know. And that, that's and that's the part that, that always comes back later to get us. So right. you, could, you, you could adapt and overcome to that situation and then suppress any kind of emotion, memory at that time because you got to be able to react. Right. I mean, and that's the, that did, you know, that really is the thing though. You have to be like, you become hyper alert because you need Mm -hmm. to be able to respond with tact and with initiative to anything at all times. When we were in the military, it was like, how can I react? How can I do better? 
how do I do this successfully this time right now? Absolutely. So, so no sleep doing anything. You're still high functioning, high resolution. Like it's like, I'm going to get this. I'm doing this right. So you did your two tours, you did your four years. What was the choice of staying in and getting out? I had a daughter, man. Uh, my daughter was my reason to get out. I wanted to be with her and I wanted to, you know, help. And, you know, the, that road hasn't worked out like I planned on it, but, mm-hmm. but that was, that was it. You know, it was like, I want to be there for my daughter. I want her to be able to grow up and have a dad. And, you know, now I deal with other stuff. So it's pretty fun. What, um, what was that? Was there a personal influence or any, influencing you joining the marine corps or the military at all uh yeah i mean my whole family kind of comes from the military i mean like my grandpa was in the army he's in world war ii he's a glider pilot um you know my great grandpa was in the navy in world war ii and blew his fingers off in a cannon because he got his, his, his hand wedged in it and it's it's a crazy story but uh <laughs> You know, like my whole family's been in the military. My brother joined the Marine Corps when I was probably like, oh God, what was I? I must have been like 16 or something, 15, mm-hmm. 16. And, uh, you know, I respected the hell out of that. And I kind of looked at the military before that anyway, because, you know, like, I don't know, I kind of knew I would like college wasn't going to be for me. I didn't really like school anyway. Mm hmm. And, you know, 9-11 happened when I was in, what was that, third, fourth grade, something like that. So, you mm-hmm. know, I'm like, I'm like this young kid and I see it and I'm like, I want to do something to help. And, you know, I think I always knew I was going to end up doing it. But, yeah, I'd say there's a little bit of personal influence, you know, for my brother. Him doing it really kind of made me like. Yeah, I could do that. That's 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 a big. That's it's 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 hard for me to understand in a sense because I I had family like grandparents that that served and everything, but nothing, no cousins, friends, anything like that. So right, it's cool to have your brother, like show you the example, show you that you know, this is it's it's good to have that positive influence, especially within your family. Yeah, it's great, you know, and that was the thing, though. He was, you know, he was always kind of the quiet kid and like, you know, nobody really got him and he's still very much quiet. But, you know, like I can connect with him now. And like it's a Mm -hmm. unique bond that I get to have with my brother is that, you know, we're both Marines. Uh, He ended up he was crash fire rescue and like worked with the White House and went to Maryland to be a firefighter at one point. It It was pretty That that's pretty awesome. That's pretty good. So you get out. Where's this passion come from with the music, the podcasting, the, the give back, let's say. You know what I mean? So I think a lot of us in the military end up doing this where we get out and we say, I didn't do enough. What can I do? Well, you know, I was trying to figure that out for a long time. And you know, music has all music's always been there for me, but we'll, we'll kind of we'll dive into that next, or, or, yeah, after this. 
but I'll circle back to that. But, you know, I think it was like we we always ask ourselves, what can we do more? And we have to find something like there has to be more I can do. How can I keep helping these people? Because mm-hmm. I had a family in the Marine Corps, you know, that was absolutely they were more family to me than, you know, 90 percent of my family. So mm-hmm. it's like, how can I have a relationship with them? How can I keep helping them? How can I do something for them? And you sit there and it's like, okay, I got to keep searching. Well, it was probably two years ago now. Asking myself these questions a million times. I've thought about things a million times. TJ sits there out of the blue, my co-host and one of my best friends, and says, hey, man, I didn't think we need to do something for vets. Did you, you know, I was like, okay, yeah. He goes, did you hear uh, so-and-so killed themselves? I said, no, I hadn't heard that. I said, are you shitting me? He's like, we got to do something, dude. And I was like, yeah, we do got to do something. I said, He's like, what? I was like, I have no idea, but we need to start changing the story. So that was when the podcast for us with Shadow Mark became a thing where it was like, okay, let's let's just do something. Let's get our voices Mm -hmm. out there. Let's start opening the conversation for people to know that they can talk naturally, have good conversations about mental health. You know what I mean? So we did that. Can you hear me? Yes, sir. Okay. I had a a switch computer and I I apologize. Hey, so, (laughs) you know, Tom and I last uh, podcast last week, we were talking about, and that's, that's something that we, touched on was the commonality of these veterans that doesn't matter if you did four years, 20 years, 30 years. Yeah, absolutely. That, you know, when you're granted your first two years, you know, you're kind of do do as I say, you know, but as you gain a little rank responsibility that they just start throwing more and more on your plate. So if right. you look at the average 19 or 20 year old, the responsibility level they have on, on their shoulders, opposed to somebody that's in the service. And then, once you're in that leadership role and have all that responsibility and you get out, you have nothing, you know, it's right. like where I, I go to work every day and I just clock in and clock out. And to me, the veterans I speak to, that is the commonality that they all share is what is my purpose now? And so that, what is my purpose now drives the mental state of, okay, at, at this point, I had this level of responsibility and now I've gotten out. I mean, what do I do every day? Yeah, this is, right. this is, it's almost, it's almost like this isn't even a challenge at all whatsoever. And that, and that builds up on the middle, you know, issues that they're having. Right. Exactly. And that's actually what drove me to be a firefighter as well. You know, when I got out was that sense of purpose. Right. Like, yeah, I did it too. I did a couple months. I'll tell you what, when, when I when I got out, you, I was reaching for anything to be a part of. To, oh, to, absolutely. To, to rap, to be a part of something. like Because it's like, all right, I was never, I always had the one great t-shirt, USMC. Right. That was about it. I spent a whole grip when I was a recruiter on, on Marine Corps clothes, but that was many moons ago and many sizes ago. You feel me? So when, when, <laughs> when, when, you so, so when, when you now are out, 
it's like I'm not the red hatter. I'm not wearing the big black leather jacket that says Marines on the back. You know what I mean? Yeah. You but, know, it's gone. But that's when I got more motivated. That's when it became more because veteran suicide has been around. But, yeah. you know, like with that passion of doing something, giving back, I think it's ignored for active duty because you, you're you're in that fight. You, you don't really see the public reaction or how veterans feel or whatever because once they're gone they're gone you know you right. don't see them anymore if they're not stationed around you know where you're located yeah and you know in nebraska that's it's pretty rare that you know we've got somebody sitting there that's actually great to see you bourbon Valley. love you man it's great to see you. uh but it's you know they're pretty it's pretty rare to see somebody that like i, I served with Anywhere mm-hmm. in my, you know, state. Absolutely. <laughs> like, but thanks to Hero Stock, mm-hmm. I'm going to get to. Stock. <laughs> We've got some Hero Stocks going on, and that's going to be a ch- game changer for me. So I've got that going on. <laughs> so, so Matt, Matt's new to, to a lot of the things I was into since, since he came aboard. So Hero Stock... For a lot of people don't know, it's the second annual Hero Stock going down September 9th in Ashland, Nebraska. So bring your cowboy boots, your overalls, your cowboy hats, your Hero Socks, and make sure you bring your jackets for the jacket off for all the people that are veterans. homeless. The veterans, what I say, homeless? Yeah, they're a veteran homeless. That's what we were looking at. Yeah, we're looking at the jackets. Right. So if you have jackets and, and you're trying to, you know, instead of giving them throwing them away or just leaving them in your, your, your old closet, bring them on down to hero stock and, and we're going to put them to good use. Yeah, absolutely. It's going to be a huge are, jacket off. Are y'all, t- are y'all doing uh mail outs and stuff like that where you can mail you the jackets to one spot and you're going to give them out or no? Yeah, we should be able to do that. I believe. Yeah. Of course you would ask okay. that. <laughs> Well, I'm gonna answer, and I'm gonna put Jason. I mean, it, I'm gonna put I mean, Jason right on top I mean, of that, man. Yeah. <laughs> only, well, I mean, the only grand scheme, it's question. a little bit cheaper than grabbing a plane ticket, and delivering twelve jackets. So I'm just throwing them in a box, you know. Well, it'd be better if you just uh, hopped on a plane and then came out to well, New York. You know what I mean? Right. Like, Absolutely. Yeah. It's going to be the biggest, the best, well, the greatest. It's going to be awesome. Well, you know, and that's what Tom, you know, him and I talk, you know, pretty religiously now um, about things that he's wanting to do and things that I kind of throw in my two cents. You know, he's a, he's the brains behind the operation. I just kind of throw ideas out there that he's like tries to make them come to fruition. Um, yeah. But, you know, and some of the things is that uh, I thought the cool thing that we talked about one day, Tom, was when we were talking about, you know, veteran suicide. And we're talking about if just, for example, if somebody was living in there, say your hometown, right. Um, right. And, and they had fallen. Well, then we come together. I mean, we go up there and put a run together five mile or whatever. And we actually have a guide on, you know, with their name on it. Uh, maybe I've got on with a branch of service that they served in and, and then do like, you know, go, go for me or whatever the case may be to raise, raise some money for funeral arrangements or just, for whatever, you know what I mean? But, and actually start yeah. traveling a little bit and get out and, and just kind of get the, get the word out there. I love that, man. Like, yeah. it's just, that's such and, a good idea. 
and and I and I spoke to Jason about it, and it might get incorporated um, into the race series as far as the music series with Eurostar growing. If it you know if it grows right. to a to a concert series, to be able to do veterans that never made it home, Gold Star families, and do uh, veterans that um, lost the battle here. So a three race, three day, or depending on who's there, what state, what city, put on the 5K and um, going through um, Go Butter or Get Butter. It's it's whatever I have set up for my work. Get Butter, get up and uh, we could, and they don't take no bread off the top or nothing. And then we could just donate it straight to the family because for anyone that don't know, like the family's not going to get money. If the veteran don't make it home, if the veteran, right. you know, loses the battle here, they don't get no money. And, you know, if they, if, if, you know, it, it, there's no handout. There's nothing given to the family once it's said and done. You get the flag, you get the thank you for your service, and then that's it. Yeah, right. that's and it. So so it has to be more. It, it, it has to be more. So that's, that's something that we got on the table that we're kicking around and, and to get get it bigger and better and broader. Yeah, I'd love that, man. I think that's a great idea. Like, uh, you know, and shit, maybe even add in some like tough mutter kind of like stuff. You know what I mean? Like, just like yeah, do when did you say when did you say your that that event you're talking about, Derek? When is that? September September ninth. September ninth. Okay, and that's there in Nebraska. Yeah, it's in Ashland, Nebraska. It's going to be at the. I can't remember around the Ben steakhouse, I believe, Okay, but it's going to be live music, cornhole, uh, rock, two ruck marches. I think irreverent warriors is going to be up there doing it. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, ruck it up for warriors. They're doing a competition ruck. So that'd be pretty neat. Yeah. Absolutely. Are you singing yeah, be- or no? I wish I was singing. Uh, I wish I knew who was singing right now. Be off the top of my head because Scott. I know Scotty. Scotty Hastings is. Yeah, Scotty Hastings. Who the heck else is singing though? I'm, I'm over off the top. Yeah, I, I don't can either, see man. it. I can see it. Do you do you have music on YouTube or what? Yeah, yeah. I've got music on YouTube. I've got music on. Uh, Facebook on TikTok, you know, I'm trying, I'm trying, this is like, I'm like, uh, six months into this adventure finally, where I'm like, I'm going to dedicate some time to music and I'm going to actually pursue it for, for once, you know, music's always been a huge part of my life. And, uh, like, you know, uh, like one of the other, one of the artists on Gunroom radio, if you haven't, you don't listen to Gunroom radio, you should. Um, but you made it. Tell me about yeah, you listen to it on Spotify or download the Gun Room Gun radio, radio app, app. But and it's listen to it free on there. Yeah, but Travis Walker sings a song called Music Made Me. And I love mm-hmm. the song because every time I hear it, it just reminds me of like being a kid. And like I used to be this little kid and I'd sit there and I'd like I watched the Garth Brook double Garth Brooks double live live, you know, <laughs> like and that that was my shit. I recorded it on VHS. Right. The whole thing, uh, rewind that. Have to use those stupid little, you know, like use your finger to stick in there and rewind it because it sucked and it broke. And you know, (laughs) but I I do the whole thing. But uh, I'd sit there and I'd set up my parents' couch. They they were like gone. I was just by myself. 
set up the couch, set up a stage. I get all my Garth Brooks stuff on. I get my pearl snap, my boots, my jeans, cowboy hat. You know, I was legit as Christ. Yeah. And uh, I'm actually new to I'm new to pearl snaps. I actually yeah. have one. What? Pearl snaps are where it's at, man. Hold on, hold on, Bro. hold on. I was there. Hold on. Where you would tell you, yo, I I'm new to it. They told me about work, and I saw that Walmart, and I was like, but I did get one. I got two of them, I think. That's what's up. Every time I name it, it's going to go up. So I said I had one. Now I have two. I, I think I only have two. Go. But I got cowboy <laughs> boots and, 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 a, and a big belt buckle. So Dude, ready. that's what's up. You better be wearing that to hero socks. I mean, hero Dude, socks. That was a one time. That was one of them funny one-time wasting money purchases. <laughs> Bro, I got I got Daisy Dukes, man. I don't want to hear it. Like, oh Lord, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'll wear Daisy Dukes and a uh, pearl snap any day, man. Brother, I love it, and you know what? I'm I'm happy for you. <laughs> I'm excited that the the, doozy, the Daisy Dukes works, and it's your thing, your flow. Man, I might wear that to Hero Stock. I'm just on wife beaters. I'm just I'm 41 years old. I'm on wife beaters now. Yeah, that's fair. That's a good thing. I might hit those up too. Hey, I'm on. You got to change every day. You know what I'm saying? You can't just be the same guy. Yeah, we got to adapt and change. You know, they're called silkies, bro. Now I got my silkies. I love my silkies. I got silkies too. I, I think I think those are outlawed now, aren't they? No, no. We're living in, in a very we live in a very PC culture now. They're actually finally right. being widely accepted. I think. I'll tell you what. The longer I was on recruiting duty, and the more people that came out, the more younger <laughs> Marines I saw, they started wearing these the silkies, and I was offended because one, I couldn't wear them. I wouldn't look good, and it would be it would just be disgusting if I wore them. Oh, on, the, on, on the other half. It was still weird because they were like, they're female shorts, but why are you wearing them? But is the Sergeant Major wearing them? Can we wear them? Yeah, you see what I'm saying? Like, yeah, but it was like, <laughs> they're comfy, though. They're comfy. I sat there uh, all lined up, and, you know, we're supposed to be running in, like, our sweats and sweatshirts, and then they're like, this whole thing gradually went downhill for me because I sat there, and I was like, I wore silkies underneath as, like, my underwear. I like that. Thinking that like I wouldn't have to wear them. Uh, uh, so they're like, all right, we'll go tops off. And then they're like, yeah, all right, cool, cool, cool. And then they're like, yeah, but we're going to keep sweat bottoms. So I was like, cool, cool, cool. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I was like, thank God. And I'm like up by my gunny who scares the living bejesus out of me. This man has no soul. I'm pretty positive. No soul. And uh, they sit there and they're like, ah, we're tossing around no bottoms, maybe. Maybe we go shorts. And I was like, bro, I was like, oh, man, I was like, I don't know. I was like, don't do it. Don't freaking do it, dude. Like, I'm not prepared for this mentally right now to be in silkies in front of my fucking gunny who's going to kill me, mind you. I was like, this is not good. This is not going good. And they're like, ah, no, let's put tops back on. Let's put tops back on. And then they... Tops off, and then they're like pants off, and I was like, "Son of a 
biscuit. I was like, this is not cool, man. This is not cool, dude. I was like, oh my God. I was like, what just happened? So I'm sitting there running in front of in front of my gunny, and I'm just like, my balls are out. It was just so rough, dude. You see, that's why you just say no. That's I just should've. a hard no. That's just a hard no. It was a hard no, but I it was, a, it was a <laughs> at the time. Hey, uniformity. Yeah, I pitter patter and I got after her, man. Like that's what's up. Hey, I'll tell you what, that just scares me. That whole situation, everyone's been in that situation about something where you're just you know it's coming and that you just know. And you just know oh, yeah. you just know you can't breathe. You're like, I'm I'm about to get railed right here. It's coming. <laughs> I, yeah. I and you know what? I signed up for it. I've, as I used to tell my recruiters, you volunteered for this. I didn't do this to you. You volunteered. Don't get mad at yeah, me, bro. Yeah, everything was good until you didn't want to do what you wanted to do. Yeah, that's what I'm you saying. Volunteered man. for this, Ashton. So prepare, prepare to snap. Hey, y'all ever heard of you ever heard of Beanie Hours? <laughs> Beanie Hours. No, I know. Bro. I knew he was. <laughs> Dude, listen, you've been to Afghanistan and all that, right? And yeah, you know it. So. This is like an 05. I get there. We were, we were changing over. I think I was in 371. I think we we're changing over 373 at the time. And we've been there maybe like three or four days. And I'm sitting there and it's and it's pretty chilly, you know. And I'm cold natured anyway. And you know, before oh, you deploy, well, they, you, you go to freaking supply, you get all your gear, you got your battle rack and all this. So I was saying it's early in the morning. So I had my beanie on and uh, it's pretty breezy outside. And I'm walking along and I heard, I'm running like that. And I was like, I didn't think anything of it because, I mean, I was pretty squared away Marine, you know. I was like, man, this, this, this Marine can't be talking to me like that. And and then I took about 10 more paces, and here we go again. Hey, Marine. So I turned around, and he was like, yeah, you, come here, like that. So I walk over to him with some sergeant majors of outgoing 373, and he said, why do you have that beanie on, Marine? And I was like, well, my ears are cold, Sergeant Major, you know? He was like, oh, now you'll be a smart ass. I was like, I'm not trying to be a smart ass. I'm just like, they gave me gear. I thought I could wear it. You know, he goes, yeah. He goes, you didn't heard about beanie hours? And I go, no, sir, I haven't. And he's like, beanie hours are from, 1800 to 06, and it's eight point anywhere after that. And I was thinking, like, man, I was like, here I am deployed in Iraq, and I gotta buy about beanie hours. It threw me for a loop. You know what? That you mentioned that that does sound really oddly familiar. Like, I don't know. I was 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 on night shift for a while, but I got kicked off of it because my gunny or not my gunny, my staff sergeant really liked me, so I had to go with him back to day shift. So Right. No, I worked. Uh, no, we. I was in in the spring and summer, so it was just hot. I don't even think we got beanies. I don't even think they had beanies then. And if you got one, it was probably got stolen. There's probably six on Kandahar base. Hey, there's overall. you know you know what they say, man. The Marines are just trying to steal their shit back. That's right. Yeah, but when no, when I no was, Marines there, was in, a, no Marines yeah. a thief. So you it, that has to carry over into the other other services, though, right? Yeah, uh, I don't know. I know Marines don't steal, so they must have already stolen it. 
Acquire. Yeah, that's what I'm we saying. Acquire. Yeah. yeah. We acquire. We may have tactically acquired a tent from some grunts. I don't know. <laughs> that may happen. Yeah. It, it's, fu- I, it, it's funny looking back, though. Yeah, some of these things. Like when you're in, you're like, man, these, you know, rules and stuff. But I was like, that's probably the most ludicrous thing that I think I the beanie hour, man. I that's still, I mean, that's why I like that is, that's how, that's a, I'm pretty, that's I know you gave me gear, I should be able to wear go look at the freaking seals and, and recon. Look how they're dressed, they they dress accordingly how they need to be to stay comfortable, you know. And there's no, there's no white letter, there's no, there's no order, there's nothing about the beanie and the hours and the manual. And my whole thing, my whole thing was the Danish. Uh, I sat there with the Danish, and I was just like, "Man, why can't we be more like them? They're so fucking cool, dude." I was like, "Their status, I think, like their rank, was based off how long their beard was." I'm pretty positive. <laughs> like, I'm not even sure, but when, I was pretty nice. sure when I saw them at the time. There was just these big bald dudes, tattooed sleeves, man, bald. Jack beards, huge beards, and freaking every one of them was the scariest human being I've ever seen in my life. They didn't give a shit about anything, man. And I was like, "That's how we should run a military." That that's it right there. And like, those guys got it. Everyone should be bearded, scary, and probably not bald. But I'll take it. Right there, you go. So tell me from your experience how that helped you into going into the songwriting, going into and and being able to overcome that that fear that everyone's gonna have regardless. Like that idea you had, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Can I can I am I am I gonna take this step forward? Or as Matt would say, that that 30 inch step. If you yeah, yeah, take yeah. that step forward and it like let, let me know about that. That was uh, a good segue. Good for you, man. I'm proud of you, man. Right? Yeah. I'm, I'm so proud of you. He's good. Yeah, right. you're killing us right sometimes. now. Uh, but uh, no, it, man, it was like, I don't know. I learned a lot from the military. I learned a lot about resilience and a lot about like overcoming things that I never thought I could do. And that's really what's led me to where I'm at now with music, where I'm just like, just take that one giant 30 inch step, you know, like mm-hmm. I get, apparently Matt says. So it's like, take that step. Don't be afraid to do this. The worst thing anyone's going to do, man, is they're not going to like you. And I don't care. You know, it doesn't matter. It's not about that. It's about the music for me. So music, you know, my time in service, I've learned a lot of things and that's like, you can't sit there and just dwell on things. You have to do something productive with your time when you, when you're out to avoid that. And that, that's where music comes in, man. Uh, I connect to music lyrically all the time. Like, I don't know if you guys do this, but I'll sit there and I listen to songs and I just, I listen to the words and I analyze them. And I'm like, how does my life, how does my life relate to this? Right. Yeah, what was the mindset? He would, you know, whoever would have been in when they made that, you know, wrote those lyrics or you right. know, that feeling, like how, yeah, how does that like, correspond, you know, to to that feeling that you're feeling? 
how, how you could put that into, you know, into actual energy. Yeah. It's how do I emotionally connect with this song? And what am I emotionally connecting to? Because the great part about music for me is that everyone has a different perspective of a song. Everyone is going to hear something and they can perceive it differently. They can sit there and take something different from that song. You know, like I just, I love that about music. And that's why for me, it's so fun to sit there. I can, I can listen to a song and have 10 buddies listen to a song. And I'm like, what do you take from it? And they're like, Oh, for me, it was at this. And at this point in my life, I had X, Y, Z going on. And then the next one's like, all right, well, I had WMDs going on or, you know, whatever. Just, well, that, yeah. that's a, the, the other thing that is the crazy thing you talk about interpretation of songs that it's crazy how somebody can interpret a song into something that was painful. And then another one interpreted something that was something beautiful. Good. Yeah, beautiful and happy at no, that no, moment. Those are you know two I mean? opposite, you know, but like you said, it's just all about interpretation and how they perceive it. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's like I've I've written songs and I sit there and I look at it and uh, I got asked to write like a happy song and I was like, I was like, yeah, I can do that for sure. And then I wrote it and like the music was happy, but the song itself was sad as shit. Mm-hmm. And I was just like... And they were like, that was really good. And I was like, all right, cool. I was like, yeah. I was like, uh, it wasn't as happy as I intended it to be, but it sounds happy, right? Well, I think I think that's the biggest problem. Like kind of like what Matt just said, the pain of you utilizing, you know, your own personal thoughts and, and emotions writing the song, and then someone else finds joy in that song or or their perspective on how they view right. that song. So even if you try to write a, a good song, someone still can find it sad. You can only give the energy that you have. You know yeah, what I mean? Exactly. I think it'd be yeah. hard to try it's to good, pinpoint. But you, you, said, you said problem. It's not really a problem, though, per se. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's not that, definitely that, not a problem. It's, it's, no, it's that, that's the beautiful the part about it. music. Yeah. Yeah. Like, Absolutely. It, that's what I love about music is it's open to interpretation and you can sit there and perceive it how you want to. And like, you can have fun with it, you know, like some of my favorite music is sad music because I connect with it, but it's like, it gives me this odd sense of satisfaction when I hear a really sad song where I'm like, ah, yeah, that just hits the soul, man. Like, and it makes me feel better. So I feel like a dick because I'm listening to a song where this guy's like, nothing's worth it. I kind of want to die. And I'm like, Oh, that makes me feel so good. You know? So I guess, so you, you like old Waylon, old Hank. Oh yeah, Jay, for sure. Dude. All, all those guys. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. I love them. And I've got some singer songwriters. I like too, man. Uh, and I'm just like, I'll listen to their music. I'm just like, Oh, that hits so hard. And then I sit there and I just got this big old smile on my face. And they're like, that's not sad shit. What's wrong with you? And I'm like, I don't know a lot, mostly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and they're the, they're, they are those songs that every time you listen to it, you pick up maybe more on the, on the notes, more on the lyrics. Yeah. yeah. Like for me, I analyze the whole, like a song that you could just, you know, fall asleep in and just be in that song. There's certain songs that just hit and, give you the energy and make you feel, you know, something. 
Yeah, heck yeah, man. I just, I, I don't know. I just love music's amazing. I, I just, I get, I get excited about music, man. So, how often are you writing now? I try to write every chance I get, but I've had, I've kind of taken a step back. I've been focusing on trying to get, so like the, the goal here is to get about five or six songs to the point where I'm happy with them, which is, going to take me a while because i'm never freaking happy with the song uh but you know like right now i've got a song getting uh analyzed by you know somebody in nashville and or somebody that works with you know whatever but uh i sit there and I, I i try to write pretty much every night because i mean i've got this book here this little guy and i've just i mean i'm full to like there like i've just i keep i keep writing but at the end of the day are you ever going to be really happy with it you know what i mean because those those songs no matter if you put them on an album and then you go start performing them live those those songs are going to morph and they're going to come into you know you you probably start um perform them differently you know i mean from from acoustic level from you know for like whatever the, right. I mean, very seldom you go see an artist and like how they originally cut that song is how they're doing it now. Right. Exactly. So you know, that's the thing. Is, yeah. I'm always, I'm always trying to like figure out a new way to do it and a new way to do it better. It's like, you know, it's definitely going to be the same song, but it's going to be produced better. That's what I'm working on right now is like learning how to be a producer, learning how to actually sit there and like, make the music and make it work because you put me behind a computer and I'm kind of an idiot, you know, like, I, I think that comes with a lot of people, especially the things that you don't know. It's really right. difficult to understand it. <laughs> right. Like I sit there and I'm looking at these waveforms behind the computer. I'm just like, I don't know what any of that means, but you know, now I'm like searching through the EQ and I'm like trying to find the bad parts of the, guitar and I'm lower nose and listen to the good parts, raise those a little bit. It's, it, it's, it's such a wild, like, so you were self-taught. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, can you, can you read music or do you just buy your, I just, I, I don't even say I can read music. I know chords and I know how to, you know, I just learned to put songs together through my own kind of like, we're going to figure this out. And then I've got a very good friend who actually was trying to teach me music, how to read music. And then, uh, you know, we kind of went, well, we didn't intentionally, but we ended up kind of going separate ways. But now I'm reconnecting with him, getting to work with him a little bit more. And it's it's great. It's so, so important to me to have somebody that I can like bounce music off of. And with him, I get to do that. Oh, absolutely. I'm sorry, Tom. Like, yeah, like for example, uh, Chris Chris Stapleton, you know, right? He he plays by ear, you know. He's a, he's a highly intelligent valedictorian of his school, of his class. Um, but then whenever you hear him play, most people go, "Man, I knew he could really play." But then when you put him into someone who teaches the guitar, they'll say he's not very good as far as like the fundamentals. But his delivery. It surpasses the fundamentals. You know what I mean? That, and, and right, back, exactly. 
you can tell I, I love music too. Yeah, I'm sorry. You know, yeah, absolutely. Just, man. No, music's where it's at, man. I, I, I do. I just sit there and I, it, it's a passion, you know, and it's one of those things that like I, I every day I want to learn more. I want to learn how to do it better. I want to learn why I'm doing some of the things I do. I want to learn mm-hmm. what it is that I can do better. You know, it's like working on the circle of this or something like that. When you sit there and you look at it and it's just like, how can I understand this better? And then you start looking at compression. It's like, how can I look at this better? How can I figure this out? You know, everything that comes along with it. It's, it's been a lot more than what people think. There's so much more that goes into music than anybody knows mm-hmm. because they're not behind the scenes. Right. Well, then, let me ask you this. I'll, um, you you wrote all those songs and you got a couple songs written out. How do yes, you sir. Form, how how do you format that music? Are you reading the the lyrics when you're practicing it, or are you making it up? You know what I mean. It kind of depends on the song, but you mm-hmm. know, some songs like I'll write, like I'll just sit there and I'll be screwing around with guitar, you know, and like I just start trying to come up with something, and then I write the words, like. Other times I'll write the words and I'm like, how do I sit there and get this into a song? That seems like the most scientific part. If, if you already have the uh, the music already made up. Yeah, it's great when it. you already have the music. But, <laughs> you know, you, every now and then I'll just like, I'll sit there and I'll be like, all right, this sounds like something I need to write down. So I write something down. And it's not the music. In my head, I usually have a rhythm to it. But I'll have words. And I'm like, I'll just start singing. And Mm -hmm. I just start writing it down. And then I kind of get lost in the moment. And then I'm I'm sitting there back like an hour later. And I'm like, ah, you got to come up with chords and stuff for this, man. I was like, that's pretty cool. Good luck. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, that that, to be honest, that kind of stresses me out. When, when, when you look at the perspective of it, like you come up with the, the chords, the, the notes, the how, how the lyrics, how it's going to flow, and then right. to put it all together. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, it's hard. <laughs> it's not, like you said, it's not as easy, but when, when you break it down, the whole process of, of how, how you get the complete, complete song, there's a lot of things that go on in between that. Yeah, there's just so much that goes into it, and it's like, you know, I'm just like now starting to get to the point where I'm like, uh, you know, we really got to start putting this all like together. And there's a ton. And I'm like, how do I make this all come together to be like successful? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? What's successful? It's like, how do I, I was like, I don't know. There's a lot of steps and I'm like trying to figure them out. And I don't think there's necessarily like a one, two, three guide to doing it, but you know, who's, who's, Who's the audience primarily focused for? Myself first and foremost, but, uh, you know, I just, I play music for people that love music. I play music for people that, you know, have been through some shit and want to like just connect with something. But at the end of the day, if I connect with one person, I'm happy. You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. If my song connects with or resonates with one person, like I'm just, I'm excited. You know, like I wrote one of my last songs, Song for You, I wrote and uh, I told the girl I wrote it for, and she goes, Oh, it's still a good song. And I laughed my ass off about it. 
I was like, I don't even know what that means anymore. I was like, I was like, what? It's about you, so they was supposed to suck. She's like, yeah, kind of. I was like, no. <laughs> so you're actually playing shows. That's what I'm trying to start doing now. Uh, is I'm trying to get to the point where I can start playing shows again. I played, I've played a show, so that was one of the better times of my life. Uh, then kind of dialed back off of music for a little bit, and now I'm really like I'm diving in. Like if they want me right. for shows, I'm going to do shows. If they want me for things, I, I'm tentatively slating myself for Hero Stock next year. So there you go. I'll be on so, stage for Hero Stock next year, whether so he I'm, likes it or not. I'm excited you're here. I'm excited you're on. Jason will be excited to put you on stage next year. We'll break bread. We'll talk to him. Now, if you go to Derek Thompson Music on Facebook, Song for You is the first video that pops up. Can can you break us down and give us a little bit of that? Yeah, man. Yeah, you bet. Because this uh, song, to... I, I was listening to it. It came out about a week, 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 week and some change ago, I think, you put it out. Yeah. And it, it's wow. catchy and it's good. And if you if you would just bless us with a little bit of it, I'd, I'd appreciate it. Yeah, dude. I'll sure try here. Uh, I'm, you know, I'm going to get my stuff together but I'll, I'll try to do i'll go through like the uh first three like three verses kind of thing all right got a song general idea of it but nah man that was on the spot i appreciate that that was good <laughs> yeah there's, I a can... pain, there's a pain in that yeah for sure man and i was sitting there and i was just like i haven't played this in like three days now so i'm like oh god no, and i was, was like then i sat yeah, there and i got that. stressed out and i was like what pick do i use do i use the other one 
I was like, <laughs> I've got a thick one. I've got a thin one. I'm just like, I don't know which I'm talking about the, I'm talking about the lyrics specifically. Oh, yeah, for sure, man. Yeah. That's, uh, yeah, that's what I, it's called a song I wrote for you or song for you. And it, you know, I wrote it for somebody in particular. And it, it just, it means the world to me. And I love playing it. And I got the chance to sit down with another guy and kind of have him go over music with me. And I was, I had so much fun with it. It's just been so much fun. Now I'm just working on perfecting it and trying to get it down. And, you know, yeah, I, 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 I know it's, it's difficult. We're on Wi Fi, we're all over the country. And, you know, the audio and everything. But I'll tell you what, that song hits. And, and watching the video on your YouTube, Derek Thompson music Facebook page, I'll tell you what, man, that song hits. I dig that song. Just the the, the just the even flow of it. Yeah, and, it's and just so chorus, much fun. It's just like a um obla di obla da Beatles song. You know what I mean? It's like right. it's catchy and it's a real good song, man. I dig it. Yeah, I love it, man. It's probably it's my a, favorite. It's one. a small little hole in the wall with a stage about five foot by like eight foot. Single man up there just poured it. You know yeah, I mean? yeah, that's, that's, that's what I had. Only acoustic, I think. I think you can only yeah. play that acoustic because oh, yeah. this is so yeah. good. Yeah, that's exactly what it is, man. That's exactly what it is. That's all I play. That's solid, man. And 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 for those that are listening and that that want to find out more you could go to Derek thompson's facebook page Derek thompson's music page any other pages that they can check out your music uh at? yeah i just go to my facebook go tiktok uh i'm dt thompson three on tiktok i usually try to get on there jump live uh every so often you know and play music uh just i have fun with it man like i uh played jolene the other day and had a blast with it. Uh, Jolene's one of my favorite songs to sing. As stupid as that sounds, coming from a guy, you know, I'll sit there and just Jolene, 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 Jolene the shit out of it. So that's you're, you're not the first guy that's done that song. Yeah, I'm not. I won't be the last, but I may be the last. I'm gonna fight for that one. That one's gonna be the one. So before we cut out of here, t- tell us the overall goal for you with Gunroom Radio. And what your plan is and how you're doing your show, because when I when I get on there, I, I, I listen in the morning shows. Um, usually if I'm driving home, I'll, I'll try to pop it on. And there's some bangers on there. There's a, yeah. there's some there's some sneakers on there that a lot of people don't they don't get to hear on that mainstream. Yeah. Gunroom Radio is what's up, man. Uh, they've got just so much music going on. I mean, there's Sal Gonzalez, there's Schaefer Mueller, there's. Scotty Hastings, there's Shannon Book, there's all these great artists, and it's veteran artists, and we're trying to get them out there to be heard because they're fighting all these algorithms and everything out there instead of just being heard like they should be. Mm-hmm. You shouldn't have to fight algorithms. You know, you guys fought for the country for, you know, up to 20, 30 years, you know, and you're out here sitting here just finally getting to pursue something with your music and you're fighting this crap, you shouldn't have to. So that's the idea is just to get their music out there. And I would implore people to sit there and listen, like really do, because there are incredible artists on Gunroom Radio. It's just, it's so wild to me. And the fact that I get to play with them and, you know, be on the radio station with them, it just, I'm so proud. Uh, I'm very blessed to be where I'm at. I'm very blessed to have that kind of audience. So 
and it's good, man. It's gonna help you come the future when you when you start hitting. Once once you get the music together and and then you're and you're ready to take that extra step. Yeah, absolutely. But I mean, yeah, we got that. Uh, Gunroom Radio is awesome. Uh, hit up Shadow Mark Podcast. The idea behind that's just to implore people to sit there and have natural conversations. Don't let mental health be a oddball thing. It shouldn't be like scary. Just talk about it. Absolutely. You know? That's right. Absolutely. And everyone, I implore you to go to Derek Thompson's music page, like it, share it. If he changes it so you could share it. Yeah. Change it. To share. I thought I did, man. I no, thought I no. did. I was I was actually trying to steal that song and I actually video I you know I recorded it on my phone and I was trying to sneak it in somehow but like you said we don't know things we don't know so I got yeah that I got call. this I got the I'll video get... on my phone that's about it <laughs> hey I'll get this man I got this <laughs> so and make sure you go to go ahead I was just gonna say anyone that wants it I'll send it to them hell I got nothing better to do man I got it saved on my phone it's pre pimp. But make sure you go out and, and support Gunroom Radio. Download the app. Listen to it on Spotify. Listen to the artists. Go to their Facebook pages, Instagram pages, and 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 get it out there because it is the algorithm. It is um, the media that 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 pushes the bigger names that get the the, the streams and they get that get everything out there. So make sure you're out there sharing it. Talk to people. Let them know it's a hundred percent free. So go to Gunroom Radio app, or you can listen to it on Spotify. Make sure Hero Stock. If you if you're not on board about it, there will be uh, a bunch of different um, podcasts, including Contagion Effect. They'll be there live. Um, Gunroom podcast. Are you guys Gunroom, doing it? Gunroom Radio will be the thing. Uh, Shadow Mark podcast will be there, okay. uh, which is us. And then, uh, yeah, I mean, I think Don's planning on being there for Gunner Radio. Is he Radio. doing his own? Is he I don't know, man. You know, yeah, because he, well, he's got two drunk dudes in a gun room. So yeah. I don't know if he'll go live with that or, you know, what the deal is. But we're all kind of working together with Gun Room on Gun Room Radio and trying to make it the next big thing. So Yeah, so make sure and, and, you, and you go go to these uh, guys' Facebook pages. Go to uh, Jason Steiner. Go to... You know Derek's page because they share everything and um, and and be on the lookout for other artists. Um, also, Twenty Two Mohawks. If you are a veteran and you are in need of a dog for emotional support and gym memberships and things that will help you with your mental health right. awareness, make sure you go to Twenty Two Mohawks.com. Dave and Stacey are doing an outstanding job over there. And if you are dealing with PTSD and you have any issues, make sure you check out Warrior Wad. Look you with a six month. Um, you'll you'll be able to have a six month gym membership paid for. You'll have and a you mentor, might, and you might have the chance of having me as your mentor. <laughs> See, you should have brought there it up. Go. So there, that check it out. You go to warriorwide.org. There, Thompson might be your your um your guy that you're going to talk to, your buddy, your battle buddy, and um, also you get a nutritionist for six months to help you battle with the. With the um, with the storms that that come with PTSD and TBI and all other um, veteran associated mental health issues, uh, Matt, you got anything to pass? You cut out. Say that again. You got anything to pass? 
only thing I have to pass is for all the veterans out there that are struggling with their disabilities. Uh, you've been denied by the VA. You don't know where to start. Touch base with me. Uh, it'll be on the end of the podcast, my card, uh, just for veterans. What we do is reach out, uh, touch base with them, speak over the you know, talk about all the issues they've been having, medical conditions from head to toe, build a strategy and see how we can help you out. Uh, and like I said, just just a phone call. Start from there. Right. So make sure you reach out just for veterans. Reach out if you're dealing with any issues with your VA, your VA rating, and make sure you check out Derek Thompson, Derek Thompson Music, and support Gunroom Radio. This is, has been the Every Second Counts podcast with Tom and Matt. We're out of here.